0: All right, well, we are in this series where we are talking about what's next. We're always uh, looking ahead in our lives to what's next, whether it be, you know, who's the next guy or girl I'm going to date, what's the next step in our relationship, um, what's going to happen next week with my kid at school. um, You know, we've always got something we're looking to next. And so, we wanted to take what we naturally do in that forward thinking and say, what's next in our relationship with Christ? And, and everybody's different. Um, the first week, uh, we talked about how if you have not started a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the first step, to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and then we talked about how Baptism is the second step. It's the the first act of obedience, if you will. Um, And we talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. Last week we obviously did the 9-11 service, and so we took a break. This week we're going to talk about something that is an ongoing process. And really what happens is we look at Scripture and we kind of take these things and we compartmentalize them. We say, well, that's when I got saved. We say, that's when I got baptized. But in Scripture, when someone comes to know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, when when that happens, they are immediately baptized. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know, I'd like for my family to be here and to see this so, so that they can see the change that's happened in my heart. There's nothing wrong with that. But in Scripture, it's all one event salvation and baptism and then what we're going to talk about today is the next step and it's sanctification. Now before you freak out with a big word, big churchy word, uh, I'm going to explain it out. But here's, here's basically what it is. Today I wore my, my holy jeans. I don't even know if these are in fashion anymore. Uh, I am very much behind the fashion trends and so I just wear what's in my closet. Um, but These jeans have holes in them. They were made with holes in them. People buy jeans with holes in them, you know? It's crazy, right? But they're incomplete. They were made incomplete. And and just like my jeans, they are holy. (laughs) Uh, Just like my jeans, my life and your life, it's got holes in it. It's full of stuff and and things that, that God wants to take and patch up. And he wants to, to take us and make us whole. Um, i got to tell you guys what happened to me. When was it? It was uh, Monday. Um, Monday, most of you all know my family has a horrible history of heart disease. Um, everybody dies or has major heart surgeries, okay? And so recently, my cousin, who's, who's just a few years older than me, um, he had all four arteries in his heart clogged up. And he had a heart attack. And he goes, and I've told you all this story. He goes to one of those quick clinics, and they're like, dude, you're having a heart attack. And we're calling an ambulance. He's like, I'll drive myself. and You know, it didn't happen to work. And so I'm next in line. In my family, it goes by age. It's always gone by age. Whoever's next in line in age is, is destined to have a heart attack. So I'm terrified. So I go to see... Uh, just a primary care doctor. I'm going to get my cholesterol checked. That's all I want to do. Okay? Guy's a nice guy. He's in his 70s. You can tell he knows what he's doing, but he's old school. And so he says, Well, tell me about what what you're here to see me for. I said, Well, I just want to get my cholesterol checked. He said, Well, why is that? I said, Well, my family has a history of heart disease and told him the story. And he and he kind of looks at me and he says, Hang on one second, I'll be right back. Okay. And he walks out and comes back in about five minutes later, and he says, "Can you go see a cardiologist right now?" Whoa, just you know, I want my cholesterol checked. It's just he's, he says, "I know, but your history it worries me. Better safe than sorry." Yeah, that's right. So I'm whisked off to a cardiologist, right? By the way, before I left, he did an EKG on me. I think they give EKGs to people if you're walking down the hall, okay? I mean, they're like, hey, we need to pay for an EKG machine. So I go to the cardiologist. They give me another EKG because apparently it wasn't transferred. And so I I get to pay for that. And, And so I've had two EKGs, and they say, well, let's take a look at your heart said, well, I thought you just did with the EKG, and they said, no, 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 come on in this room, and this room's dark, and, you know, there's this lady in there, and she's like, take your shirt off, okay, hang on, she like, lay down, you know, and uh, she, she does a, an echo sonogram, which is, you know, the same thing as the baby, but they do, they check the heart, and, uh, and so this is, this is not my heart, because um, they couldn't, trans- they, they would transfer my heart video to, to VHS, who uses that anymore, right? So, um, but this is a, an echo sonogram, and it's very similar to what I had. And they say, okay, well, that looks good, but we want you to come back tomorrow and do a stress test. All right, really? Yeah, my heart looks at it. They say, we can't know what's inside of your arteries until we do a stress test. So I go back on Tuesday. Tuesday, I get an injection of radium. I don't know, ladies like, don't worry, it has a half life. I was thinking, anything that has a half life shouldn't be in me, right? And she gives me an injection of radium, then she puts me on this machine, and it just kind of, for 15 minutes, it's kind of like this mini MRI machine, and it's taking pictures of my heart. And she says, go get on the treadmill. I'm thinking, okay, get on the treadmill, we're walking, we're walking, and then we're kind of jogging, and then I'm running uphill as hard as I can, huffing and puffing. she's The lady's like, we've got to get to 168. I'm like, i got to be there. (laughs) And 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 I finally get to 168. She's like, all right, I'm shutting it down. Go get on the machine, you know. So I was like, oh, you know. Just throw myself on the machine. And and they take another picture. Uh, oh, Oh, after they inject me with another thing of radium. I'm sitting there thinking, all of this, just to see my heart. And the next day, Wednesday, they say, hey, you're fine, don't worry. Yeah, is that free? No, 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 no. You're going to pay for that one. Here's the thing. I still haven't had my cholesterol checked. I go back tomorrow to my regular doctor to get my cholesterol checked. My cholesterol is always high. It's been 255. I got it down to 199 one time. It's supposed to be like 90, okay? So here's the thing. We're going to talk about the heart today. We're going to talk about the physical heart. We're going to talk about the spiritual heart. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, we're going to look at verses 17 through 19. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. I always encourage you to to look at it in the Bible. You can look around at verses before and after. Um, So Jesus is is praying for his disciples and, and... He's praying specifically for the 12 disciples that are with him, the 120 that follow him. But he's also praying for you and I, disciples of Christ, for those of us who have begun a relationship with Christ. And and so in verse 17, he says something interesting. He says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Now, I'm not, I wasn't very good in math, but if I remember correctly... Um, if A equals B, then B equals A, right? And so he says, your word is truth. Truth comes from this right here. Now, he also says, sanctify them by your word. Now, here's the thing. If we are not on a daily basis consuming this, like it's our last breath, like, like we are starved, Dogs wanting food. If we are not after this more than anything else, we won't be sanctified. I'm going to define sanctification here in a minute. Scripture is not meant to be read and forgotten. Okay? I, I, I do it, right? We've all done it. We've got work. We've got to run to work, but we, we want to get our scripture in, you know? So we read it. Hour later, we forgot. What, what did I read? That's not what it's meant for. It's meant to change your life. This, this is God's spoken word written down. I mean, let's stop and think about that for just a second. God spoke it. The God of heaven and earth spoke this at one point. Or it's God's history of how He has intervened in our lives and intervened in the history of the world. It's all written down right here. And we need this more than anything else in the world. His word is truth. And His word changes our hearts. Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, he's talking to his heavenly Father, I have sent them into the world. As Jesus was sent by his Father, he sent his disciples. He sent his disciples that are with him here, he sent us as his disciples. And we are to share about what we know, what Jesus has done in our life, what Jesus has has done in the lives of those around us, what He wants to do in this world. We're to share that with others. We're to tell people how much He loves us and cares for us. For them, verse 19, For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, if you're, if you're really kind of looking at this, you go, wait a minute, how is Jesus sanctifying himself? Because isn't Jesus perfect? Right? But sanctification isn't perfection, it's not necessarily the process of becoming perfect. Sanctification is the act of hearing God and then obeying God. It's the act of hearing God and then obeying God. Jesus was perfect because He perfectly obeyed His Heavenly Father. Everybody, everybody with me on that one? Because thats I don't want us to, to, to leave and go, I need to be sanctified, I need to be perfect, I need to be perfect. It's not about perfection, it's about knowing Jesus deeper and deeper and deeper in a relationship with Him. That's sanctification. We have a choice each and every day, to be sanctified because God will present us with a decision. Follow me here. Obey me here. And we can say yes or we can say no. It's always our choice. And if you're like me, you can look back on so many times where you've said no and you missed an opportunity or you saw what God was doing and you just couldn't commit. You know, you couldn't pull the trigger. It's tough sometimes. Sometimes. And listen, for those of us who have... I know we've got a lot of us here who are investigating Christ, and we love that. We encourage you to investigate Him. But, but for those of us who are investigating Christ, this is where your life will change. It will change because someone has shared with you God's Word. Someone will share with you how much God loves you. Someone cares for you enough to do that. Jesus John in the beginning of John he says I am the wor- Jesus is the word of God Jesus is the word the word is truth A plus A equals B B equals C right mathematician that's, that's all right the word is Jesus Jesus is truth Jump over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with me real quick. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's a couple of small books right after 1 Thessalonians, right before uh, Timothy. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, um, notice in your program, I, uh, I put a word study there for, for homework if you'd like to do it. It's voluntary, okay? Nobody get worked up here. But uh, if you want to look up all the places that sanctify or sanctifying or sanctification come up in Scripture, it's in that program. And it's an incredible, eye-opening study, if you want to take a look. 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Paul's writing to this church in Thessalonica, and he says, "...but we ought always to thank God for you, brother, brothers loved by the Lord." Because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. So before, when we were looking at John, it's the Word of God that changes our hearts. And now, he's talking to people who have have not experienced Jesus on the cross, or who have experienced Jesus on the cross, who have experienced Jesus raised to life, and who have experienced that new life in Christ. And so now, now we've got a couple of other things that make us more like Him, that sanctify us. So for those of us who have stepped over that line of trust, there are three things that sanctify us. It's all one process, though. Notice what he says here. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. That's not the second one. Just the Spirit is the first one. Verse 14. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. So brothers, stand firm. Hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth, or by letter. See, in this day, what would happen is writing was pretty expensive. You had to dry out this papyrus reed. You had to let it dry. Then you had to find ink. Then you had to find the specialized writing utensil. It was expensive. And so they had oral tradition. Now, now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, oral tradition can degrade. Oral tradition can... Can, can, you know, from one to the other. We've all played the telephone game. But in their society, it did not work that way. In their society, you told something and you repeated it verbatim. This was a memorization society. This was a society that could memorize the entire Old Testament. Word for word. I kid you not. If, if we lived in that society, we'd be burning up because there's no air conditioner, but we would be amazed because they could remember everything that they had read. And so, Paul says here, if it's passed on to you by word of mouth or by letter, sometimes people will speak truth to you. And they do it out of love, and they, they, they come up to you, and they see something going on in your life, and I've had it, and hopefully you've had it and experienced it, sometimes people will say listen I see this going on and it's starting to kind of veer you off track here and they speak truth to you through scripture and they want to see you live for Christ maybe somebody's doing that in your life right now don't shut them out bring them in embrace them it's it's hard I know But by word of mouth, sometimes God uses that to change us and to sanctify us. How were you drawn into Christ? Verse 14, you were drawn into Christ through his gospel, that good news of Jesus Christ. The word gospel, gospel means good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. And through his word and through other people, And through the Holy Spirit, you are changed. The word of mouth was by somebody like Paul, who would write a letter or speak. And so there's three ways that we are changed. His Word, His Holy Spirit, and then godly people around us who want to support us and encourage us and challenge us to be obedient to Jesus. Now... I want to show you a video. This is a video of an angioplasty. Anybody ever heard of angioplasty? This is what happens when you have a clog in your heart. Go ahead and roll that. Is it up there? No? Okay. You have a clog in your heart, and what happens is you get this stuff called plaque. And plaque is something that will stick to your artery walls. And it's kind of spongy type stuff, and and it'll stick and stick, but then after it sits for a while, it actually starts to harden. And and so what happens is you see the example here, less and less blood gets to roll through the artery. And so a doctor will have to take a, a wire and run it up, and they run it, actually run it up through the inner thigh, it goes up through your veins and stuff, and then it comes up here, and then it makes a U-turn and comes back down, and they blow a balloon up, and it expands this wire mesh that, that pushes that plaque out. And so essentially, your hardened heart, your hardened artery gets softened because this blood is able to roll through once again. Now, God works in the same way this process of sanctification. He uses His Word. He uses the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, for those of us who have a relationship with Christ, we know when the Holy Spirit's talking to us and you're, you, know, you fight it and you don't. You roll with Him. But He uses the Holy Spirit and then He uses other people around us. And when we walk in the sanctification process, And obey God. And He softens our hearts. But He never imposes change on us. We have to accept that change. We have to accept Him wanting to change us. I mean, think about this just for a minute. This is the God of the universe that cares so much for us that He wants to see us be more like Him. And He is perfect. This is the relationship that He desires with us. Just like a best friend would say, listen, I'm seeing some destructive behavior. Please, please, please quit doing this. I'll be with you. I will, I will walk with you. We will do whatever it takes. God is your best friend. And, and so the step that you have to take when He's calling you to listen, whether it be through His Word, through His Holy Spirit, or through other people, godly people around you, you have to take a step of repentance if He's dealing with sin. there's sin in your life, you've got to say, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm gone. I'm turning. And you change it. That may mean a lifestyle change. That may mean a behavior change. That may mean just watching your mouth. You know? I mean, it, it could mean just getting control of your anger. It could mean more, spending more time with your kids or with your family. Who knows? But, but when he points sin out, you deal with it. And you do what's called repentance. It's just a 180 degree turn and you quit doing it. It's in your power. And also, Jesus will walk with you as you turn away from it. Sometimes it's just obedience. I want you to talk to this person. I want you to share who I am with that person. Sometimes it's really that simple. And you just go and you be obedient. And just like surgery, listen, sometimes being sanctified is painful. The, the Christian life is not ooh la la, woo, we're all excited, you know, everything's great, and there's highs and lows, just like in regular life, except for the fact that you have the God of heaven and earth walking you through the lows and celebrating with you when it comes to the highs. But when you repent of sin, when you are obedient, listen, sometimes we've got sin, we know all about it, right? I mean, we know, we know, we know, and we're just having a hard time letting it go, or or we just kind of refuse to let it go. Sometimes, most of the time, it's if we're honest with each, with each other, with ourselves, it's a combination of both. Sometimes we have sin that we don't know anything about in our lives. And God says, I want to point something out to you. He calls us to repentance. He calls us to obedience. And we have to let Him have control. If we choose our way... And say, ah, I'm going I'm to walk my own, my own path here, God. It, it's like you're laying on the, on the surgery bed, and you wake up before they've blown the balloon up, and you're like, hey, man, I'm good. And you just walk off, you know, and you got the thing sticking out of your thigh, and you're like, I'll blow that up later. Okay, we're good. And, and listen, God knows you better than your doctor does. God knows you better than you do. Let's follow him. Now, this is where, <clears throat> this is where I plug our home groups. Because up here, you guys all kind of stare at me and, and who knows what's going through your mind. You know, you, you can be thinking about lunch or, you know, the Saints. How's their offense going to stand up there? Defense, you know, who knows? But in your home group, you, it's not just you listening to somebody, it's you interacting. And people loving you. It's that community where people will hold you accountable. And where people will say, not in a mean way, and it's only if you want it, but we hope you do. But, but this is a place where people love you. And so I want to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. If you're not in a home group, man, find a home group. If you say, man, none of these times work for me, man, we can create one. We can get together one-on-one, you know, just a group of, whatever it takes. But this is where life change happens. This is where the sanctification process really, really hits home with people in our church. You can come up here, you can sit, you can get fed, and you can go out there and challenge the world and take on the world. But in the w- middle of the week or on Monday, what do we, we have Mondays and, and Wednesdays, Tuesdays, we've got all kinds of things. And, you can come in, you can get fed in, and you can be challenged by other people who are not perfect just like you, just like me, who will share their imperfections just like the rest of us. And who, man, if you're in one of the girls' groups, boy, they, they get to crying, and they make these spreads of food, and, and I mean, they're, they're just sharing their heart. It's incredible to see. They don't do that every single time. But it's incredible to see them be sanctified and be challenged. And God challenged them in obedience to Him. At this church, we believe in God's life-changing power. We believe it comes through His Word. We believe it comes through the Holy Spirit. We believe it comes through other people around you holding you accountable, challenging you to walk with God, to go deeper with God. At this church, Man, you come just like you are. I don't care what your sin is. I don't care what you've done. God doesn't either. But listen, in our church, we challenge you not to stay the same. We challenge you to grow in Christ. We challenge you to be changed. I want to show you a video real quick of someone, not in our church, but uh, someone who's been changed.
1: I was living two different lives. People either knew me as the girl who had everything together or the girl that was completely falling apart. I don't know what to say, I'm sorry. All through high school and college, I was just constantly nosediving into destruction. I struggled with all different types of drugs, crystal meth, cocaine, ecstasy, destructive relationships. What was fueling those desires was just the need to be loved in any form that I could get it. I also, at the same time, was helping raise my brother and sister, I was very involved with their lives, made good grades did a lot in the community so I came off as somebody who you know was oh what a good little girl and her parents was just so proud of her. I finally got to a point where I could no longer hold up the two personalities and everything hit rock bottom and I literally couldn't even get out of bed for three days. I just laid there and cried. I had no idea what steps to take. All I knew was what direction I wanted so, I ended up at Fort By a connection through my starting point leader, I then got involved with my small group. I thought to myself, here I am, a complete mess, trying to walk with the Lord. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I've got all this baggage that I'm just carrying with me that I haven't overcome yet, and I don't even know how to overcome. Um, if I join this small group, all I'm gonna do is bring these girls down. So I went to my group leader and just told her that. She said, you are going to bring so much life to this group, and you are going to help us just as much as we're going to help you. And you need to come, girl, because I want you there. We want you there. Without knowing any of my good stuff, all she knew at this point was my bad stuff. And yet she still wanted me there. And not only that, but she actually said I could help them. And I just had never experienced that type of love before, and it was the first glimpse of God's love that I ever got. God's love for you is unconditional, and God's love is no matter what, and when you mess up, the Lord's not going to say, it's okay, but He is going to say, I forgive you, and that's what being in a small group is for me. It's a group of girls that are going to give me truth and love, and who are going to help me but you're also going to hold me accountable and call me out and make sure that I'm doing the best I can to love the Lord. My name is Jessica, and that's why I'm in a small group.
0: We want to challenge you to be a part of our home group system. They call them small groups at their church. We want to challenge you to be a part of our home group system. Again, we're a church that wants you to come as you are. We don't judge. We don't pass judgment. But we want you to change. And we want to see God change you from the inside out. We want you to say yes to God. We want you to be sanctified. We want you to get changed. We want you to be whole. We want you to become the person that Jesus wants you to be. Father, I pray for your sanctification process. I pray that we will say yes to you when you confront us with our sin, when you just ask us to obey. May we not turn from you, God. May we follow you with reckless abandon. May we give up anything of this life for the sake of following you, for the sake of of knowing the joy and the peace that you bring. Father, may we serve you and you alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.